What the fuck is up, dude? I have already um, resituated myself after five seconds in this chair because I went to sit a certain way and I was like, nope, not close enough to the mic, dude. Welcome back to the Cat Ann Show, dude. Today is going to be a quick one and I am excited to freaking talk to you about this um, because it is that time of year again. It is the beginning slash like beginning few weeks of Q2 of 2021 and we have been reevaluating our goals in the VA Academy. If you don't know what the VA Academy is, it is my monthly membership program for virtual assistants. And the cool thing is, is I was talking to a few of my VA Academy members and they've all not only hit their Q1 goals, but they surpassed them or hit their Q2 goals in Q1 as well, which is fucking insane. Like, it's insanity. Um, so I was talking to them and it really inspired this podcast episode um, because today I want to hop on to talk to you guys about goals. And the way that I teach goal setting is kind of different in comparison to the way that I was about goal setting um, or, you know, the type of goal setting that other people do. And again, there's different strokes for different folks. So this may be like your new go-to way of setting goals. I really think it will be. Um, or you might have a way that works really, really well for you. And you may choose to take bits and pieces from this and leave the rest. And dude, that is what this podcast is for. It's all advice that you can pick apart, take a little bit from, and leave what doesn't apply to you, okay? So I am so excited to talk to you about this because uh, just a little bit of background. I've been making vision boards since I was literally out of my mom's womb, okay? Joni had me and I was there cutting things out of magazines and gluing them onto poster board with Elmer's glue, okay? Maybe not literally right after, but like by age five, by age six, okay? And I didn't even realize the intent of these boards. I didn't realize that they were vision boards. They were just boards of things that I liked, things I wanted in life. I would make them for my Christmas list and everything like that. I would go through, do you remember? I don't know if, uh, depending on your age and everything like that, but there used to be these things called Playmobiles. I haven't been able to find them anymore, but it was basically like a larger Lego um, but it was a dollhouse set and like they had all of these different sets and it was basically like this like, you know, buildable um, set of houses and um, I had like a garage and like there was all different stuff and you had these people and they were called Playmobiles. But so I would like sort through the Learning Express and Toys R Us. Oh my gosh, who remembers Toys R Us? I would sort through the catalogs and I would pick out what I would want and I would rip it out and I would cut it out and then I would put it on a piece of paper um, for my mom and everything like that. So whether it was for Christmas or my birthday or when I got super into fashion, when I was, I learned how to sew when I was like six 
and I had a studio. My parents let me have a studio in the garage. How cool is this? When I was 10 years old, they allowed me to take up a quarter of the garage. It was taped off and it was the coolest space in the world. Um, but I would make vision boards and mood boards and stuff like that of future um, like lines that I wanted to create and shows that I wanted to have and all of the things. So I'd been doing this for a while. Um, but then it wasn't until high school that it really got down into like envisioning my future life and actively doing that um, and actually creating vision boards. And if you don't know, if you haven't been following me since 2012, um, I don't freaking blame you. Um, but I was the kid in school that had friends. I wasn't like heavily bullied or anything like that. Um, I actually wasn't bullied at all in high school except for one occasion, which was the worst occasion ever. Um, but I wasn't the kid that wanted to go out on the weekends, that wanted to party or do any of those things. It really wasn't for me. If you don't know, I actually used to box competitively and I started boxing freshman year of high school. And then I continued throughout college and everything like that. So in high school, I really wasn't the type to go out and party. I think I went to two parties and they were after homecoming and then after or for New Year's Eve and like no alcohol present, like nothing like that. So I don't know. I just I just wasn't that type of person. I was the type of person instead that would spend my Friday nights. I would get out of school early. I would have early release. Then I would go teach an after-school program for phys ed at local elementary schools. Then I would go to the gym and clean the gym, mop the floors, clean the toilets, all of the things, all the glamorous, glamorous things of a high school job. Then I would go ahead and I would run myself through classes and everything because we didn't have classes on Friday nights. We had classes Mondays through Thursdays and then on Saturdays and Sundays. Um, but so I would run myself through um, a boxing training class and everything like that. I would lift, I would run. Um, and it was funny because like by the time I was running, it was like eight o'clock at night and I would be running and people would start like going out and drinking at the restaurants and the bars in my town. And I was like, ha ha ha, look at me, a goal-oriented 17-year-old running at night. Um, and then I would go home and I would vision board and I would clear off my chalkboard wall and write affirmations and write goals and everything like that. I had a giant pin board that I created and it was like, multiple panels of foam um, that I had covered in um, fabric and I would print out stuff. I would use all of the ink, the colored ink in my mom's and dad's printer. I apologize, Joni and Kevin. I know that that was a little bit frustrating, you know, because you would go to print something and nothing would show up. But I was that kid that would print everything out, look on Pinterest, print everything out. I would write and draw, um, you know, quotes and affirmations and everything like that and lists of my goals and everything like that. And I was that kid. And then I got into college and everything like that. And I had a lot of jobs in college and I had a lot of 
work in college that was actual schoolwork. Um, and the main sources or the main focuses for majority of my college career was my personal training and nutrition company, um, that business. Uh, I used to personal train other students um, and I would put together nutrition plans and all of that stuff. And then I also briefly did network marketing because I had used the products ever since I was like 15. And then I saw that they had a business opportunity to it. So I got right into that when I turned 18. Um, and I did that until I was like about 21. I really, really worked hard at it um, and worked hard to make it work. Um, so with this and with that whole culture and being in a business that was bigger than myself and everything along those lines, uh, I actually got more and more into vision boarding and I began, you know, listening to trainings and talks and all of this stuff about people vision boarding and everything and, um, you know, people looking at, okay, what is your ultimate, ultimate goals in life? Like, what do you ultimately want in life? And identifying those and putting them up so you see them every day and you work towards them. And although I get it, although I get having a big picture to evaluate and look at and like really make you like see physically something to actively work towards, I think that having a vision board of your ultimate, ultimate goals can also be the biggest detriment in your career. And let me tell you why. When it comes down to it, we all have these ultimate, ultimate goals that we want, right? Like, so for example, one of my ultimate, ultimate goals was making six figures online. And I was able to do that. Awesome. Now it's like on to the next ultimate goal, right? But I was able to do that. And Last year, I realized I was able to do that. And I was like, ha ha, all you frat boys that were like, oh, you really think you can make six figures on social media? Look at me now. Um, not really, but like, that's kind of what went on in my head for like a brief second. And I was like, yeah, I'm too cool for this. Let's move on. Um, but so, you know, six figures online, a G-Wagon, a house, a beautiful, beautiful home, like all of the things, right? Like a beautiful wedding, um, a family. I want this car. I want that car. I want this car. I'm a very car-oriented person. Um, it's the one thing that I've just always, always loved is cars and racing and everything like that. Uh, my grandfather's a big car person. My biological dad was on um, a Formula One team. My brother's super into cars. Um, my cousins are into cars. So I feel like it's just something that's like kind of like a family thing. <laughs> um, but so uh, it was always like cars for me. Um, and then like quality of life things, right? So like being able to work from wherever I want, being able to work a few hours a day, but generate six, seven figures in my business and all of this stuff. And when it comes down to it, setting those ultimate, ultimate goals is great, right? And we all know that ultimately at the end of the day, you can do whatever you want and God wouldn't put something into your brain if it wasn't meant for you to carry through, okay? If something's like, you know, feels really, really good and you're like, yes, this is my goal and like, this is what I really want and it keeps showing up for me, then like, 
okay, that is a goal that's in alignment with you. But what happens oftentimes is we set these ultimate, ultimate goals and we look at it and we get this knot in our stomach and we kind of feel nauseous looking at these goals because what happens is, is yes, you want those things, right? Like, yes, that's the life that you want to create. No lies there. But you have no timeline to them and you have no plan of attack in order to obtain them. And right now you're at like, let's say step one of whatever you're wanting to do or step two. And all of these ultimate, ultimate goals are at step 30. And there is so much of your staircase that still needs to be built in order to get there. And that's what I felt when I would make these big, big vision boards. I kind of just felt like, oh, like, I don't know how this feels. Like, I remember being like, I'm going to save $80,000 before college graduation. And I had no clue how the fuck I was going to do it. Like, I was like, oh, okay, if I sign 200 personal training clients, but like, let's be realistic. Like, how, how? Like, there's no, there's no plan of attack behind there other than, DMing people, which Catherine, Catherine from the past, Catherine from the past that cold DM'd people. I didn't cold DM people to sell them. I just cold DM them to start conversations, but like, fuck you. Fuck you. Anyway, <laughs> we learn lessons here. Um, but so I really just let me know if you feel the same way, but those goals, they feel amazing to set, but they also feel so nauseating because you're like, how the fuck am I going to do this? Like, how the fuck am I going to reach this? I don't even know. Like my business right now isn't even generating 500 bucks a month or 2000 bucks a month, whatever it is, as a virtual assistant freelancer, whatever you're doing, how the fuck am I going to get to 12K months to hit six figures? Like, how is that going to happen? And going through that made me realize um, that that's not the way to set goals. And it might be for some people, but it's not for a lot of people. And that's why instead I teach setting realistically ambitious goals. So this is something that I dive deep, deep, deep into in the VA Academy. There also might be something coming very, very soon, something else where we talk about this a lot. Um, But so basically, when I say realistically ambitious goals, these are goals that, you know, they're a stretch. They feel a little bit nerve wracking to set. They make you a little bit nervous. They're like, oh, wow, this is a big number. Oh, wow, that's like really audacious of me. But you evaluate it and you can clearly break down how it's going to happen. What needs to happen? Let's say it's an annual goal. What needs to happen? Big picture in order for you to hit that goal. Then what needs to happen every month, every week, and the daily actions that will move the needle forward in that. And you actually get a sense of security from it because it feels good because you know what needs to be done in order to accomplish it. So when I say set realistically ambitious goals, I mean set goals that, you know, they're higher than you think that you're capable of. 
at first, but then you walk through them and you evaluate them and you identify, okay, what's needed in order to do this? And you realize, oh, fuck, I can do this in my fucking sleep. Not in your fucking sleep, but like, oh, fuck, like this is something that I can actually, actually do. So let's give one example of one of my virtual assistants, and then I'll give you one of like my own fucking life um, if you want to hear about that. But so one of my virtual assistants, Roxanne, set a bunch of goals at the beginning going into Q1 of this year. And her main goal for the entirety of the year, I believe, Roxanne, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was to um, match the amount that she was bringing in at her corporate job in her virtual assistant business so that she could leave her corporate job. And um, she, (laughs) she did that by the end of Q1. One of her other goals was, okay, I want one client, like I want to secure one client by the end of Q1. She did it in the first three weeks of Q1. (laughs) Like, and it's crazy what can happen when you set these goals and intentions and like what happens when they're truly, truly aligned and when they truly, truly feel good how quickly things start coming to you when they're actually like aligned with you and when shit actually feels good and when you actually know that you can actually make this shit happen. So for example, let's talk about something a little bit bigger. One of my goals for this month, um, I have different revenue goals, right? So I was like, okay, this month, I have a business, obviously. Hey, what's up? Cat and coaching. Um, And I have an intern beneath me. And I also have a life and everything like that um, that needs to be fueled as well. So I have my personal finances and then I have my business financial finances. And one of my goals, it was to collect a thousand $100,000, holy fuck, could you imagine? Um, $11,000 in revenue for the month of April. And that is my goal. And I have multiple streams of revenue because I've diversified and everything like that. But setting that goal, I was like, you know, I've done 14 before. I can do 14 again. I can do 11. like, Like, I can make it happen, right? But there's this ego inside of you that feels a little bit nervous. But then I evaluated and I'm like, okay, I'm doing this, which brings in this amount of revenue off the bat. So that knocks out 3K of it. So that leaves 8K left. And I'm launching this product and it has this amount of spaces. So it has five spaces and we need 8K left. And they're selling at around 2 to 3K a space. So we've hit our revenue goal for April, right? And you begin to just digest this a lot easier when, and you're able to actually create and formulate a realistic plan of attack when you set realistically ambitious goals rather than when you set ultimate, ultimate, ultimate goals. So if you have been the person in the past that has set ultimate, ultimate, ultimate goals, It's great to have something to aim for, right? But as your life goes, those ultimate, ultimate goals might pivot 
because your priorities in life pivot where your uh, track in life pivots and everything like that, okay? You might say that you want a house in Hawaii and then two years later you go, you know what? I moved to Idaho and I fucking love Idaho, dude, okay? You might say, oh, I want to have 10 kids and all of this stuff and then you have one and you're like, "Mm, I think two is enough for me. I think that's good enough. Like, that's enough kids. We all experience this, right? And all of these big, big, big picture visions, they always end up shifting. They always end up pivoting because your life is not a straight and narrow path. So if you are the person that has such ultimate, ultimate, ultimate goals and you just keep falling short of them and you just keep getting frustrated with yourself, and I say this out of love because I've freaking been there, dude. And you just feel like, oh, like, I don't know why I can't make this happen. I really, really encourage you to evaluate where you're currently at in your life. Evaluate what's realistically ambitious. Where do I want to be by the end of 2021? And is this a realistic expectation based on the tools, the income, the revenue, the resources that I have currently? Is this realistically ambitious based on what I can also create and generate for myself? And set realistically ambitious goals instead, because I guarantee you're going to sleep a lot freaking better at night. And you're going to be going into your life and your career from a space of clarity and from a methodical place rather than from an anxious place where you're kind of spazzing the fuck out and working really hard. But through your hard work, what's actually happening is, is you're just spinning your wheels trying to make something work. So I hope you enjoyed this pod episode for the day. If you did, you know the drill. Go ahead and share on your IG stories. Make sure to tag me and tell me your favorite part of the podcast. I would It would mean the freaking world to me, dude. That is the number one way to get this message out there, to get this podcast out there. And I will see you in the next one.